Hello, and welcome to Just Figure It Out, a podcast to inspire and encourage our listeners to pursue their goals. This will be done by sharing stories and experiences from guests about how they made definite goals, how they failed and succeeded, but never gave up. In essence, how they just figured it out. My name is Jen McAllister, the host, also owner of Rise CPA and Accountants. Normally, this is the part where I introduce my guest, but today it's a little bit different because I am my own guest. And to be honest, it's a little awkward. I'm not used to talking to myself. I definitely love asking other people questions and listening to their stories. But I have a story. I have a lot of stories. And I've been reading this book, and I actually just finished it this morning. It was recommended by a prior guest of mine, Crystal Baran. And the book is called Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. And I really enjoyed this book, and I would recommend it to just about anyone. There is a little bit of language. As long as you can get past that, then you would really love it. It just, it's life. You know, everything is figureoutable. It's such a great attitude, and, the, and really the book was great. And this is not a book review. So I just wanted to jump to one of the concepts that she talked about towards the end of the book that, that particularly resonated with me and brought to mind a, a story that I wanted to share. And the part of the book was refuse to be refused. So basically, you know, if someone is telling you, no, you can't do that, that you think outside the box and you refuse to be refused. So let me set the stage. I, I have three kids and I was fortunate enough to be able to quit my full-time job when my first child was born. And I was able to have at least one small client at a time, an accounting client that I could service from home. So I could be a, a full-time mom and I could also be a very part-time professional. And with that, I was a one-man band or a one woman show, if you will. So everything that I put in to helping a client, I knew I was the one that did it. And so I, I knew it was being done right. And I don't say that to brag, but it'll just play a part in my story in a, in a few minutes. So the year is now 2008. My youngest is entering kindergarten and as many people, when they hear, you know, that year and those around it is the crash, the, the housing market crash. So in a, probably in about 2007, we had decided to continue doing what we had been doing for the last 10 years, which is build a home, sell it, take the equity, build another nicer, bigger home, sell that and do that over and over again as a way to kind of have your dream home. So we had just finished building a home and we were living in a home. So we had two and we put it up on, on the market. And as most of you could guess, it wouldn't sell because nothing was selling. So we lowered the price and we lowered the price and nothing was happening. So we put both homes up for sale in just hopes that either the one we were living in or the one we wanted to move in would sell and nothing was happening. We didn't want to lose either home, so we were forced with some decisions, and that was that I would need to enter the workforce full-time to be able to afford two house payments. And that wasn't too bad because, as mentioned, my youngest, Sadie, was going into kindergarten. 
And so it, it would be a good opportunity, good time to go get back into the workforce. So when my first daughter was born, I was able to graduate with my bachelor's in business management with an accounting emphasis, um, a minor. So I had the, the education, I had the experience and I applied for a job. It was, it was, been, it had been 10 years and I wasn't even used to applying for any jobs. And so I was out of my comfort zone, but I knew how badly I needed to make the money. So I was motivated by need and I was able to land the job. So about two months had passed and I thought things were going really well. And it was time to send out W-2 forms. So it was, it was January. And I, I had experience with that. So I printed the forms, no big deal, sent them out to the 30 or 40 employees. And then some people came back and said, my W-2 is wrong. And so is mine. And I'm the one that printed them, but the gentleman in the HR department was the one that was putting in all of the information. And I don't say this to um, take no responsibility for what had happened, but you know, as you remember that I stated earlier, I was used to being a one-man band, so I knew that all of the things that I was doing were quality, and I just expected that everyone else would be the same. So I didn't even question the gentleman's you know, eye to detail when he was entering the information for the W-2s. And that was, side note, a great lesson for me to learn to double check, to make sure that if I'm basically putting my stamp of approval on something, which is, you know, I'm the one that is putting them in the envelopes and mailing them, then it's my responsibility to double check that. But I didn't know, I didn't realize that someone else would be putting garbage in and therefore garbage out. So my boss was not very happy because it made him look bad and it made me look like I didn't know what I was doing. And so I thought we got over it and a few more days passed. And I remember he came to my desk and he said, you know, can I come talk to you? I'd, I'd like you to come talk to me. I mean, and so I went into his office and he said, I'm really sorry to tell you, but we're going to need to let you go go ahead and pack up your things and we'll pay you for the rest of the afternoon and you can go home early and, and I'm sorry. And I turned and I walked out and I sat in my, at my desk for a little bit, not crying and surprisingly not dramatic or upset, but I immediately went to problem solving. And I thought, no, this isn't the right thing. He He's kind he's not seeing this for what it is. And so I need to, I need to offer up a different plan. So I went back into his office and I said, So you thought I was an accountant, but I my accounting is a minor. So how about if you pay me what you think I'm worth? And I and I failed to mention, he said, you know, your skill set, it, it's just not what I expected it to be. And so I said, why don't you tell me what you would pay me for the skill set that you think that I have? And then I will also go back to school and I will get a second bachelor's degree. This time the major will be accounting. And after I graduate, then let's talk about restoring my salary back to where it was when you first hired me. And he said, well, let, let me think about that. And let me talk to the 
HR director and see if that's something that we can do. Because I'm sure he certainly didn't expect someone to say, no, I'm sorry, but you're not going to fire me. You know, again, the term that I introduced from the book, refuse to be refused. So I was just, I was like, no, I, I'm not going to let you fire me. And it wasn't with attitude. It wasn't anger. It was just, you know, I think I have a different plan. So he talked to the HR supervisor and came back and he said, you know, let's talk about some details. And, you know, if you'll take a $10,000 pay cut and you'll go back to school, then we can revisit this once you've graduated again. And, you know, it wasn't going to take me four years because it, it just, I just needed to take some additional high level accounting classes to have a double major now. So it took me about a year and then I graduated and now I have two degrees and I, and during this year, I was able to demonstrate my skill level because I knew I had it. I just had an unfortunate situation. And you might say fortunate because I did learn a lot from it, but I had that situation and it forced me to do some growing. And I was able to be, let's say, instead of forced, let's say we be encouraged to go back and get that specific accounting degree. And so I was again able to prove my worth and I graduated and I had my salary restored to what it was when I was originally hired on. And from there, I stayed for seven years. I was able to, you know, get some promotions. I was able to supervise some, you know, accounts payable and accounts pay and um, accounts receivable clerks. And it was a great run. So, I mean, you know, how differently things could have been if I just accepted that and just said, all right, well, let me pack my things and go home. But I refuse to be refused. Now, I know that this isn't always going to be the case that you just, you know, always get what you want because you're refusing to be refused. However, you'll never know unless you try. So I encourage the listeners to not always take that as a final answer. When someone says no, think about a different approach and refuse to be refused. So thanks for listening to my story. Again, my name is Jen McAllister, the host of Just Figure It Out. Until next time, friends.